Welcome to the Go Digital Jason Low Show, where I interview business owners and founders alike on their strategies in digital transformation and how they scale their businesses to the next level. If you are looking to grow digitally, then this is the podcast for you. Stay tuned for today's special guest as this podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, you are tuning to the Go Digital with Jason Lowe show where I bring in interviews from entrepreneurs, founders, and software solution providers alike on how they actually take businesses to the next level via digital initiatives. So uh, for today's guest, uh, you know, there's a very there's an interesting saying on their website here, prevention is better than cure. So uh, today I have Lauren Yu, the founder of Preventex and Rainbow Heart, where they believe that Preventex is trying to bring preventive care to the future by bringing in technology to help make monitoring much more easier and effective. Hey Lauren, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks Jason for inviting me to the show. It's been <laughs> I, a pleasure. <laughs> pleasure. You, you did mention that uh, this is the first time you're trying to do uh, like a you know, spoken interview like this. I think. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I, do, I hope it goes well because this is pretty sudden because uh, when I approached Lauren, I did not actually prepare proper questionnaires like how I usually do with my other guests. So uh, on the side note that, uh, so right now we are interviewing this in uh, Penang. I'm actually in my Airbnb house. I just finished uh, our, my first digital transformation workshop in Penang due to Lauren. You know, I just met Lauren three weeks ago and I told him about this initiative about you know, uh, doing content on digital transformation, talking, speaking on digital transformation. And Lauren was the one that told me, Jason, come on, come Penang, do it. I said, oh, when do you do it? Next month. Ah, next month is like three more weeks to go. Let's just do it, let's just do it. And the next thing you know, the event is up. I'm here, it's all thanks to Lauren. So I'm not gonna waste this opportunity to drive all the way down from Penang just for a workshop. I'm gonna get all these kind of like, uh, you know, interesting stories and whatnot out of you, man. So are you ready to share, Lauren? Right, hey, thank you, uh, thank you, um, Jason. So it's, really, it's a really interesting uh, story, I think uh, Jason shared, that uh, he's really keen to actually come over to Penang just like, uh, invite for invite him on the first time that uh, we met. Yeah, it's what we do in Penang, right? I thought I was always doing it in KL, and the next thing I know, it's in Penang and whatnot. So, uh, Lauren, I mean, I mean, I first uh found out you through uh, feedback on Facebook. Was it the startup mama group? Is it or was it the other? Right, right. I think uh, was what happened was I was looking for help. Uh, doing some something with digital uh, marketing, e-commerce and so digital yeah, marketing yeah, related. Right, yeah, right, yeah, right. So I think you pretty much popped up and say then probably then then we decided to have a chat about mm. it. Then that's that's how things started. And yep, yeah, we're we are here today. You know, suddenly we are doing a, a workshop together as partners and everything. That's funny how business goes. Some I mean connections and relationships go sometimes. How mm-hmm. it always appear in unexpected places, right? So right, right, when immediately right. when I knew you already, you were already doing uh, Preventech. So Preventech, you're focusing on uh, technology and solutions to help uh, monitoring of uh, senior citizens and whatnot. But even before this, have you been doing this all this well or were you involved in other kinds of activities before this? Well, before Preventech, I'm actually uh, started off doing uh, a software development house. Uh, which is called DDH Technologies. What we mainly do is a mobile application development. So we started off doing that uh, by the time, I think about nine ten, nine, ten years back, where the mobile apps is actually a new thing in Malaysia. So I can say that we are actually one of the pioneers in Malaysia to actually start doing mobile apps. Then after that, gradually in the past few years, um, recently due to a certain uh, incidents with uh, my grandmother, um, so they decided to actually uh, light a light the light bulb uh, in me to say that this is actually something that really need to do in terms of 
creating a service or a startup to help uh, monitor elderly uh, or elderlies that are really staying alone because this is really a problem that uh, we have in society now where it's, it's no fault uh, because of a lot of situations of uh, financial situations that families have to leave behind um, their parents or the grandparents just to, just to work outside and leave them to stay alone. So that's, uh, and then we see the sort of, uh, of problems happening whereby um, when there's emergencies, so what happens to these people? Uh, who are they going to call? Who are they be able to respond? Right? Mm. Yeah, so uh, uh, this is like, uh, I, I know where you're coming from because I personally am not from KL. And I came all the way from Sabah and my parents are still there. And uh, technology these days are meant to make you stay connected and stay closer to your family. Of course, you know, with right. social media, with WhatsApp, all this kind of technology, it's there so that you can still feel some kind of connection with them, video call, all the calls. But when you say in, in terms of like health or any, any issues related to uh, health monitoring and whatnot, your parents at the end of the day, you know, even me and my sister, we're all the way here. So it, it leaves my parents alone in, right, Sa- right, in Sabah right. even their relatives their, their sisters their everything is, there's no one's there and what can enable certain kind of uh, like we all as children what can we do to actually track uh, you know their health their status and whatnot right 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 so what we do in terms of uh, doing technology right uh, now there's still a very big gap in terms of uh, elderly mo- monitoring is, or, is this considered under like health tech do you consider this a health tech solution well, to us, um, as a company itself, we don't really label ourselves as health, uh, health tech mm-hmm. or, or a healthcare kind, mm, of healthcare kind of product. What we do is actually we label ourselves more of a wellness monitoring. So meaning to say, um, what we do is actually we keep track of uh, certain vital signs uh, as a monitoring purposes. Okay? So then based on those uh, information that we get, for example, like heart rate, blood pressure, um, body temperature and stuff. So what we do, we take all these and we do analysis back, uh, behind the scenes. So if, for example, in situations whereby there's a spike or there's a change, a sudden change, sorry, a sudden change of the heart rate, blood pressure itself, then we will know that probably there's something wrong. So what we do in terms of next step, uh, which is a little bit different, is um, our, our response team will actually look at the data and get triggered when these situations happens. And then we also send response, uh, sorry, so we also react to the or response to the emergency itself by probably giving a call to the to the person uh probably example your grandma or, or your parents and to check up on them so and then what happens next is that if we check up and see oh that's really a problem there um so what we do we also contact and we'll contact the authorities for example or some partners uh, partner agencies that we have in terms of the emergency response uh, team, they just send people over to 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 check up to uh, the parents. If, if it's uh, if it falls down to that kind of uh, what I was a dire situation, uh. so it it goes through. Like uh, I know right now uh, you have a product which is like uh, it's a monitoring smart band where it actually it works like a bit like those uh, Xiaomi Fitbits kind of stuff, but it's on your parents' wrist. And then from there, like you say, you can track all these kind of things. Are there other ways that you guys actually pull this kind of data from? Or do you still feel that uh, wearable technology would still be the root of how you can acquire this kind of statistics and whatnot? Well, well that's interesting. So the current, as current technology goes, right? Um, because if you think from a cost perspective, right? It's still using wear- wearables um, because that's, that's something that's uh, still cost-effective cost to manufacture. But actually, next step in the future that's coming in the pipeline as well, we'll be also having patches 
So patches, right? Like a plastered a patch, you mean yes. literally? Right. So literally, like a patch, like a uh, like a bandit bandit or what you call that, lah. Uh? A patch. Uh? <laughs> okay, it's hard to explain in audio, right? Right, Sometimes, right. Yeah. So okay, let's let's assume it's like a patch. Right. So, so it's a patch, a simple patch mm-hmm. that you actually pay, uh, you actually uh, paste either you know your body itself, um, or your clothing. So what happens is that you'll be more lightweight. To, to carry around, it's much more easier. And you also do the same thing that captures much more accurate in terms of uh, heart rates, blood pressure and stuff because you'll be much more nearer to the heart. Oh, I'm interesting. But how, how, what's the, te- uh, the technology behind this, this patch? What, uh, what makes it able to... De- is it like connected? How is it powered? You know, that would be my first question right now. Right. Um, but so far, that's the, te- the technology is currently is there. Um, but of course is it there already like, or is it still in very R&D stage? R&D in a way, mm, R&D. Okay. It's not like uh, readily available mass produce. Mm-hmm. It's already there in the US. So hopefully we'll, we'll be able to be at the stage whereby it's cheaper to, to, to actually manufacture it. How does it work? Like, is it like powered by a battery inside? Or? And that will be the first yes. question that I Yeah, definitely what happens is that it will be powered by a battery, a very small battery. So that's one of the revolutionary things that, that's, that's going on now because now currently even the batteries, um, the capacity of the batteries as well, uh, it's depending on by the size, dependent on the size. So if you have a simple terms, if it's a bigger battery, then of course you'll uh, keep a lot, uh, much more bigger uh, charge. So in order to make it to size of a patch, so the battery has to be uh, thin enough to, to, to carry quite a, quite a huge amount of uh, electricity to it. So that's also one revolutionary thing that, that's, that's going on now. Of course, that again, because it's still at the R&D stage, because it's very expensive to, to mm, produce that. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, earlier on when you said uh, you link up like uh, certain emergencies, like you can detect certain kind of emergency or mishaps that happen to your parents, you then link it to a relevant authority. Would that usually mean in the sense of like ambulance or like the St. John people and stuff like that? Right. For now, what we do is usually the data is actually managed, monitored uh, by our own uh, call centers. Mm-hmm. So, and then from a manual perspective, for now we're doing it manually that we'll give a call to our partners, uh, emergency ambulance and stuff like that. We're also now currently in talks with cops mm. uh, to actually provide uh, further uh, help services in terms of maybe probably if it's a robbery and stuff like that mm-hmm. rather than uh, not only emergencies in terms of health emergencies oh so you're, so you're trying to extend that service in yes, that sense yes, yes. Uh, due to like an emergency platform where they can actually get responses and, and whatnot is it correct 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 and make it yeah, and one of the things that we are trying to do is we're also trying to streamline the whole thing mm, okay so the current challenge with calling a 911 or a 112 from mm. your mobile phone right they have to get a lot of information, right? For example, yeah, they, no, where they you stay, la, what la. Yeah, <laughs> the, where you've you seen stay. the jokes about it on the yes, internet. Yes. <laughs> right, so it takes like, the average time takes like what, 10-15 minutes. So um, for us, right, we're also trying to streamline the process because now we have data in terms of um, where you generally stay now. Um, we also have the bands that we're having, it's also have GPS. So we'll be able to much more accurately know your, your, your location. This is one thing. Um, secondly, of course, you already have your telephone number, or contact number which, um, with us. So, uh, and of course, with the heart rates and stuff, we also have a preliminary uh, analysis of what might be happening at the moment. So, so when in terms where if you have an emergency happening, right, basically, we just need to, uh, we just need 
you sorry, you just need to answer three questions from uh, from our from our end. Like probably confirm and say what kind of what type of uh, services you need. Probably if it's ambulance, police, or what sort. And secondly, are you do you confirm that you are currently uh, in danger or what sort? Because the challenge sometimes uh, in our line is probably some certain false positive that we pick up. So we need the double confirmation. And the third thing is you then the answer is whether are you currently at home or not. Because again, um, these are the main three questions that we'll definitely ask. And after that, the rest of the information you don't have to give us because it's already with us in our database. So once we get that, we just pass the information over to the uh, response team. So generally, we are streamlining the whole process to probably take about three minutes. And plus minus also, we're actually in the, in the phase where you also implementing AI as well in terms of uh, responding to, to the response itself. So that actually cuts down drastically uh, filtering out uh, the, the situations and also filtering in terms of lowering the cost as well to, to, to uh, man uh, actually a call center. Mm -hmm. All right, thanks for that very detailed uh, explanation and an end to end process of what actually goes be behind the scenes. All right, guys, so uh, currently we are going to take a break. Coming right back, I'll actually ask uh, Lauren more on the challenges of within this particular industry. You don't really hear too much news about it. I would like to find out more in terms of challenges and adoption rate. And uh, so stay tuned, we'll be coming right back, guys. Do you have parents or an uncle or aunt that requires monitoring support from afar? Do check out Preventech's list of services and health band monitoring products that enables you to stay closer to your family even while you are away. So check out preventech.com.my today. That is P-R-E-V-E-N-T-E-C-H.com.my today to find out more. Hey there everyone, you are tuning into the Go Digital with Jason Lowe show. So welcome back as today I have Lauren Yu, the founder of Preventex and Remberhat where they focus on emergency responses through digital solutions. And he was talking about how his uh, solutions and services are supporting uh, all these kind of emergency responses from people in need of uh, this kind of responses whenever it's necessary due to accidents, Due to uh, mishaps and whatnot, so uh, Lauren, I would like to uh, ask you further. I know uh, on this topic, right. when uh, what what was it hard for you? What are the challenges, or was it hard for you to actually gather uh, all these various other platforms to collaborate with you to work on this? Is it hard to find these kind of partners? So amazingly, um, the partners side is actually quite uh, supportive. Um, so there's some of the partners, especially the ones that we're looking at, is more like, for example, uh, private. Um, private ambulance services uh, partners. Or oh, private ambulance services? You mean those that are not like what hospitals and whatnot, is it? Right, right. So those are actually private run ambulances because now currently in Malaysia itself, right? Um, ambulance uh, services is actually the demand is a lot, right? But the, so the su supply for them is actually very low. And you made it sound very scary. Like the uh. demand for ambulances is a lot. That's like, oh my goodness, right? That doesn't sound too good. And the service and the supplies are low. So that would mean that on uh, assuming, or I do not know the data, but it would just mean that if there are a lot of people that are having emergencies, they will actually receive difficulties in, attend, uh, in getting this kind of help, is it? Uh, I would say not really, um, because the thing what I'm trying, what thing I'm trying to say is that the government or the public, uh, public ambulance, the public ambulance services, the, the supply for that is actually uh, quite low. So that's why they, that's why more, a lot of it is actually have to rely on the private uh, mm -hmm. services that provide uh, ambulance services. That's mm -hmm. what I really what I meant. 
Um, so what happened is that these, uh, these people uh, are really willing to actually be our partners and even the hospitals as well that we... Um, they get the approach. Yeah, mm. they were approached. Actually, really is really supportive in our initiative because this is actually a, a additional uh, channel for them to actually uh, generate additional revenues as well. Another thing that I would really want to find out from you, right, Lauren, is that uh, how do you even access uh, this kind of private ambulances? Anyway, example, is it something that you have to go through the nine nine nine? Uh, or emergency response number or is it like because you are you you provide these kind of services and solutions people can actually directly access to a private ambulance if it's needed so right so one of the challenges for private ambulances is that there's so many uh, different providers out there Mm -hmm. so each of them would have their own specific number to call so that's going to be a challenge so okay so in so one of the ways to, to actually get in touch with, with one of them is probably, of course, through 999, which has a consolidated, consolidated uh, list of all these uh, ambulances. So, of course, from our end, what we'll do is we will also act as a second alternative, as a direct uh, source of, to contact all these private uh, ambulances. What, you can, what we'll be able to do is just contact us at a single point of contact, is one number, and we will actually manage the, to send the uh, nearest or the next available um, private ambulances services in your area to actually assist you. Mm, I see. So if you can uh, grow a very strong uh, network of private ambulances to support emergencies or responses like this, uh, then what do you think are other, other challenges? Is it more on this end or is it more on the maybe adoption end for the users, is it? Right, for now, I think one of the challenges that we have is in terms of uh, getting a uh, response from the public. Because um, one of the few things, because as we are very new startup, um, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, public uh, public uh, opinion about us is that they're still a little bit um, wavy in terms of trusting us as well. This is one of the challenges that we have. Um, but of course, we are trying to address this as well because we are partnering with uh, several private hospitals to gain uh, to gain uh, visibility as also gain trust from the public. Um, this is one of one, one of the things that we're seeing, and also the second thing that we're seeing is in terms of cost as well. Um, as again, this is um, this is something that's really new in the market. Um, cost is always a challenge uh, when you start to roll out new services and the, and and things like this. So cost is definitely a challenge for us. But unfortunately, um, we're trying again the the company itself is actually working on uh, an aim. One of the goals of the company is trying to help people. Um, as much as we can. So we are trying to keep the cost uh, for the public as, as affordable as possible. Um, so yeah, that's, that's some of the challenges we are, we are seeing. Um, but I mean, if you're talking about the need for this kind of responses, I, I feel that it's probably almost as important as uh, at least getting yourself insured or you never know when accidents can happen right, and right, then yeah, right. you, you can't access to help as, uh, as frequently or as needed most of the time because they got to go through like a call line and everything. So by streamlining all these kind of emergency responses, hopefully the system can, like you mentioned earlier, do more, uh, rather than getting responses, also ha- can have more preventive related analytics into the people that are onboard onto correct, your correct. platform and whatnot, correct? Correct. Mm. correct. So, I mean, 
there's a, there are multiple stages uh, in terms of startup. So for now, of course, we are just mainly the first phase is we have mainly more uh, on res- emergency responses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next couple of phases that will go will be more like again in the preventive side. Mm-hmm. So what we will be so you guys called prevent tech, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So what we'll do in terms of gathering that information that we have, right? We'll be able to do um, doctor analysis. So what happens is probably one of the things that we are looking at as well is to provide a monthly uh, analysis of the data that we gather from the heart rate, blood pressure, and also give advices to the users or the customers as well. Say, hey, probably this is something this month, um, your heart rate is a little bit um, high or stuff, stuff like that. Then probably we'll give suggestions for you to check up and probably see um, what are the issues that you're having and what's not. Yeah, these are some of the things that we actually uh, working in, in, in line as well. Currently, your services is only available in Penang or is it you've uh, expanded to uh, other private companies across the state or how is it going so far? Right, that's that's a really good question. So for now, right, the markets that we're looking at is more in the Penang and also Selangor KL region. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to, what we are trying to do now is we're trying to focus, uh, try to actually make our services as, as, as good as possible. And then of course, in the time as well, we are trying to uh, look for partners as well to be able to respond. The end goal uh, that we really want to have is actually be a nationwide coverage of a service because um, we, want, we want this to be beneficial to anyone, um, anywhere in Malaysia itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's indeed a very noble uh, thing to do because many times, I mean, even when I first started business or startups, you know, it's always what kind of value are you trying to give back to the community? You know, what kind of uh, value through technology that you can enhance or make things even better, faster, uh, and, and, you know, all the benefits that technology should actually provide. So by by using something for uh, something as important as probably like saving lives, you know, you get better, faster responses to emergencies and accidents. You can actually save a life, make someone live longer. and, And then it's something that you can truly use to help and benefit. Your family, so I mean, I'm fully supportive towards your initiative, Laura. Oh, I, I you. only can wish you the best. So anyway, uh, we've come to the end of the show. I believe uh, I, I managed to get Lauren to answer as many questions as possible in this rather uh, impromptu interview podcast. So uh, I, I wish you the best, Lauren. Thank you. Yeah, for and for everyone tuning out there, if you guys are interested into uh, collaborating or working with Lauren on this initiative, I would strongly recommend you to contact him. I'll put him uh, the website and the contact details probably at the description below, so you can check them out. So, alright, so you have been tuning into another episode of the Go Digital Jason Lowe Show. Uh, today's guest is Lauren Yu, founder of Preventech Syndrome Bahad, where they are trying to digitize emergency responses with all kinds of uh, beneficial analytics that will slowly come in phases to come. So, alright, that's it, guys. Till next time. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Production by Rainworks Studio with my friend Chintat, music by Ofnil Naga, and yours truly. Enjoyed this episode? Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform for more. This was Go Digital with Jason Lowe.